Welcome to another one of Innovation Visuals, Digital Marketing Answered. I'm here with Kyle. Hi, Thanks for coming here today. Um, and we're going to be talking about cookies. And unfortunately, it's not the uh, nice chocolatey type that I like. But um, Kyle, let's yeah. kick off with those people. I know a lot of people know what cookies are, but there are going to be people that don't. What are cookies? Right, so cookies are essentially just, I think to continue on with that analogy, they're crumbs of data. So they'll be stored at the browser level for the user. Um, and these can generally be broken down into two categories of first party and third party. Okay. So when we go to look at first party, we typically associate that with more helpful and useful cookies. So we're looking at things such as how websites remember your login information, um, items you add to your shopping cart and that sort of thing. Okay. So, so that's a first party cookie. So that's a crumb of data yeah. sitting on the browser and it's holding information like I'm Tim and this is my login detail. So I'm going through a, a site which is I'm logged in to access. That's, yeah. that's that allows me to go through the different pages and stay logged in. That's right, yeah. Okay. Um, so then we move on to third party cookies and these are slightly different in nature. So in the broadest sense, the way they're differentiated from first party cookies is they are typically set by a different domain. Okay. Um, and it's all about ownership of the data and how it's used. So some examples of third party cookies. Yeah. Let's say you're on a holiday site looking at uh, holidays to Spain. Yeah. And then a day later you're scrolling through your social feed and right in front of you, you just get advertisements for villas in Spain. Yeah. Um, so that is a result of third party cookies tracking your activity across sites. Right, okay, so so these third party cookies, so it could be something like an advertising one, so it could be from Meta, and it could be there, and it's on um, a website, which is, say, a holiday review site. It's tracking the fact that you've looked at those holidays in Spain, and then it's it's feeding that data back to base, if you like, which then allows them to advertise to exactly, you. Exactly, yeah, so that's, that's what makes it third party. The, there is a third party who is owning this data and putting it to use um, outside of. So not the website owner, not the user, Correct. the third yeah. party. Right, okay, so that's where the name come from. Just to un understand, Carl, there are cookies on a website that are useful that aren't coming from that website's domain. So if we look at Innovation Visual's website, on there, we've got cookies for Google Analytics and for HubSpot for example, yeah. what, what are they then? So yeah, like you mentioned, these are actually useful cookies that can either enhance the user experience of the site or it's mostly used for, in the example that you've given, just internal use. So we can actually just analyze our site data uh, and look at where optimizations might need to be made. So okay. things like that aren't necessarily um, comparable to third party cookies where it may invade on privacy. Okay, okay. So. Um, there's been lots of talk about the, you know, the, the, the death of the cookie, the demise of the cookie. Yeah. Um, so can you sort of give some context to those people who are listening to this? Where are we at with this demise of the cookie? Because it's been talked about for a long time. Yeah, so it's one of those things where the goalposts keep shifting. Um, and in typical Google fashion, it keeps getting delayed and pushed back. Obviously, Google aren't um, 
the creators and inventors of cookies. They don't control all of them. Yeah. But Google Chrome has, I think we're looking at around 60% market share of the browser industry. Wow, okay. So obviously Google's decisions in terms of cookies and how Chrome use them is gonna have a big knock-on effect in the industry. Right, okay. So where it currently stands, we already have some browsers which by default are gonna block third-party cookies. Okay. So if we look at browsers like Safari, uh, Firefox, yep. as far as Google Chrome's concerned, um, Google have said by Q1 of 2024, yeah. they're looking to remove third-party cookies, but only for 1% of the Chrome base. So I think <laughs> that, that's their sort of testing ground wow. for okay. uh, you'd expect how they're going to um, overcome it. Yeah. Uh, and then I think their aims are by Q3 of 2024, they want to start ramping that up. So hopefully by... 2%. Yeah, no, no, yeah, exactly. Knowing Google's changes. But again, with everything, those goalposts can still yeah. shift. But despite that, I think it's still worth uh, looking into best practices, uh, first party data. Okay, okay. Ahead of those, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, I suppose Google has a, a kind of incentive to not rush this in terms of it's it's using third-party cookies in terms of its advertising engine, which is where Google makes lots and lots yep. of its money. Um, but the, the push for all of this has really come, I suppose, from European law primarily, but I know there's some, there's some US and there's other international law, but it's, so it's the legal framework pushing people towards this on a privacy stance. Yeah. So um, let, let's imagine, so Google does this thing, 1% do the test quarter one, um, by quarter three or four, they're, they're rolling out. But we need to be, you know, we're forward thinking innovation visual. We need to be thinking now, what's the strategy for clients? What should people be thinking of? You know, people listening to Digital Marketing Answered, what should they be thinking of now? So can you sort of give me a shape of, of what's the future looking like? Yeah, so I think, like we mentioned earlier with potential shifting of the dates of the demise of third-party cookies. Um, I think it is important that we start focusing on first-party data. So, that's... can you just give us a definition of first-party data? Yep. So I know lots of people will be will know that, but give sure. us Carl's definition. So, first-party data is data that you have gathered, harnessed, store, and use yourself, Perfect. rather than through and via third parties. So like yep. we talked about with Facebook's data. Okay, yeah. Um, so I think there needs to be um, a heightened importance on the collecting, storing and usage of that data. Yeah. So if we look into things such as uh, sending quizzes, questionnaires, uh, just different methods that we can use to engage customer base yep. to retrieve more data points from them. Yeah that can then be put to use for future advertising and targeting. Okay, so this is like stuff that um, I talked about at e-commerce expo, and, and I know Chris has talked about it before, where what we're doing is we're looking for strategies to add data points into our um, CRMs, whether it be Klaviyo, whether it be HubSpot or, or other systems, that are usable data points, so not just because you talk about quizzes and things like that. Mm. It's not just, you know, do they know what the capital of, uh, uh, of France is or yeah. something like yeah. that. It's actually, is it a usable element of data? Is exactly, it, yeah. do they prefer 
medium size or large size clothes? Is it that they ride mountain bikes or road bikes? That it's those kind of data yeah. points that we're looking to collect. And I think another one of the challenges is also not just sort of in a panicked rush throwing these sort of capture methods at your user base. Yeah. So you don't just want to throw random emails out there. Yeah. Hey, here's a random quiz. What's your favorite country? Type yeah, of, yeah. Like you were mentioning. So that's another part of the, the puzzle, um, figuring out where these sort of collection points fit in. Yeah, yeah. So this is, so what we're looking to do is we're looking to build a better picture of our prospects and our clients, um, particularly prospects, because they're the ones we want to upsell to as well as, because we often have a very good view of our customers, um, because the third party cookies aren't there so what what's the impact so it's, imagine like for the the senior marketing leaders watching this um blog vlog um, um they're imagining a world with no third party cookies what does that mean in terms of their advertising and why we're saying the solution is first party or part of the solution is first party data. Yeah, in, in terms of advertising, if, if we take platforms such as Facebook and Instagram advertising as an example, you have options on there to uh, reach users who have shown interest in specific topics. Yeah. Um, and again, like we talked about in the introduction for third party cookies, uh, this is all revolving around cross-site tracking. Yeah. So if Facebook are aware if you have visited, say, a holiday site, yeah. uh, so they can then show you ads related to that content. Yeah. So targeting like that is going to essentially disappear or at least become a lot more difficult. Right, okay. Um, so, we need to, so we need to know if we can, through our collection of first-party data, that Carl is interested in holidays in Spain, because we're not going to be able to use a third-party system, a third-party um, cookie and that platform to say, well, let's, let's reach people who are interested in going on holiday to Spain. Effectively, it's, it's about market access. Yeah, precisely. Uh, and I guess it's still important to, to say that platforms such as LinkedIn with their targeting, uh, which you can obviously get very specific with job titles and industries. Yeah. That data isn't going anywhere because that is all specific information users provide to LinkedIn. Yes. Uh, and you're then advertising within that same platform. Okay. So information like this won't be going anywhere. Okay. But yes, like we touched on before, it's you're still going to have to be cautious of um, losing out on all these other data points yeah. from cross-site tracking, yeah. interests, and that sort of thing. And, and it's, I imagine it's not, well, it, it's not just consumer stuff if people are in the B2B space and they're looking at platforms that provide intent data, which is obviously um, around people visiting like research, sites to research things to look at different elements because the intent platforms basically build up a picture of saying, well, this person's doing certain searches, looking at certain content, and therefore they're in the market for a, a big enterprise um, digital um, collaboration system, for example, or whatever. So it's not just consumer sites that should be worried about this. This is actually all digital advertisers yep. should be thinking, okay, I'm not, I'm not gonna find it as easy to target granular audiences 
if there's no third-party cookies. Is that right? Yep, 100%. It's, it's definitely going to be a change which will be noticed across the board, um, both from the consumer and the actual marketer themselves. Okay, okay. So we've talked about why this is a problem, the, the demise of the third-party cookie, and then we've talked about really the, the, the sort of the main thrust of counteracting this is building your own first-party data so that you can then understand and access an audience that's relevant to your products, your ICP. But are there other, any other strategies other than just you know, building your first-party data that people can be thinking of? Yep. So whilst, like you've mentioned, the removal of third-party cookies and data, that can have a big impact on a company's digital marketing uh, with pay campaigns. Yeah. It's, it's obviously not the be-all, end-all as far as your overall marketing picture is concerned. You still yeah. have um, lots of important aspects that you need to keep in mind, such as your um, organic visibility and growth. Yeah. Um, so it, it's very much not a case of uh, one thing's prioritized above the other. Okay. Uh, so yeah, you need to you need to still look across the entirety of um, your marketing channels. Yeah. Uh, look to grow that still, um, but yeah, definitely the changes with third-party cookies. It's a it's more hitting the paid sort of areas. Exactly that. Yeah. Right. Okay. So actually, it's a wake-up call to those marketing leaders that are that are watching this, that have become almost overly reliant on paid that the, the ROI is going to drop because it's not going to be so targeted, it's not going to be so accurate, there's people um, that they're not going to understand what they, what they want and what they need. So actually that they, they should follow that strategy and, and something that we're always talking to clients about, which is don't ever be reliant on one major source yep. and also earn the right to communicate with your audience by creating great content and getting that visible on search engines. Yeah, that's right. Um, so you need to have a multi-channel approach to, to all of this, really. So not just pigeonholing yourself into only paid, um, but also looking into the bigger picture of things like uh, organic as well. Okay, okay, that's good. Um, and then, so this, this is a separate thing to the cookie banner and, and the fact that cookie banners should be applied um, properly and that kind of thing and, the, and where we see people doing that, the traffic drops. So really, in, in summary, on the third party uh, cookies, do you want to just sort of sum up what's our timeline and what's our key action points? So timeline is we're, we're looking towards the end of 2024 for third party cookies to actually disappear. Yeah. Again, subject to changes in the industry that can move. Yeah. But the key actions from that would be start sooner rather than later to start collecting first party data, thinking yep. about how you're going to store it and how you're going to use it for the future. Okay. So ideally have started yesterday, but if you haven't started yesterday, start today. Precisely. Yep. Okay. Well, that's really good. Thank you, Carl. It's been really informative. Hope everybody watching as, or listening has found that really useful. Um, Please do like, subscribe, click the notifications bell, um, whether you're on watching this on a video, whether you're listening to this on your favourite podcast channel. Thank you very much for your time. We appreciate it. And we look forward to hopefully uh, having you again listening to our content on the next Digital Marketing Answer. Yeah.